It's the best of Parent Q Live. Hey there, and welcome to our next episode of the best of Parent Q Live. My name's Chris Pachiba, and I am one of the producers here on Parent Q Live. And hey, I just want to say we are so glad that you're on this journey with us. And you're in for a real treat because this episode is all about the six gifts every kid needs. Reggie Joyner sits down with Carlos and Kristen and he talks about the six gifts that every child needs to feel loved, gain perspective, and be successful in today's society. Now look, I know that this podcast title alone, you probably started rolling your eyes a little bit and you're like, great, let me just add six more things to that already growing list of things I don't do well as a parent. Well, before you click away from the podcast, let me ease your mind. You're likely already doing some of these six things with your kids on a daily basis. And that's why we chose this episode as one of the best episodes of Parent Q Live. With intentionality and consistency, you'll start noticing positive changes in your kids week after week. So I don't know about you, but I'm ready to jump in with Kristen, Carlos, and Reggie Joyner as we talk about the gifts that will give your kids a sense of belonging, hope, and perspective. Enjoy this episode. Hey guys, welcome to Parent Q Live, where it's our goal to help parents do family better. My name is Carlos Enrique Huitiquet Guzman Archibocabeo, or Los for short, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Cristina or Kristen Ivy. How are you today, Kristen? I'm doing great, Carlos. Fantastic. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is going to be fun. It is. Listen, we are going to be focusing today's podcast around really the idea of giving our kids some gifts. We are going to be leaving them, hopefully, when they leave us with um, six particular gifts that we're going to be talking about today. But not only us, what I love about today's podcast is we're bringing in the OG, We're bringing in the original gangsta, the one who started all of this. We're bringing in Reggie Joyner to be interviewed with us. And it it was, it's, uh, it's, all three of us will be having this conversation together. Uh, For those of you guys that don't know, all one of you, Reggie is the founder and the CEO of Orange, and he's the author of several books with and for leaders and parents, including Don't Miss It, Playing for Keeps, which, hey, he co-authored with our very own Christina Ivy, he co-authored with you. What's it like to write a book with Reggie? <laughs> there are almost no words to explain, you know? I mean- I mean, okay, so in my head, I'm imagining, because I've never co-authored a book with somebody. Oh, really? You guys, okay. what, what, what do you sit across from a table with your laptops open and you just kind of look at each other for a second and then you go down and write? Right, because like, writing is such a spectator, participatory right, like kind of sport. It's got to happen? Uh, no, I mean, it's a lot of wrestling. It's a lot of taking the chapter that you just wrote, showing it to somebody and then kind of going back to the drawing board when they, you know, so I think there's just a lot of um, debating about, is this the right word? Is this the wrong word? You know, uh, it's definitely quite an exercise. Yeah. Well, today we're going to be talking about things that I think you guys probably wrestled through. Absolutely. uh, These six things, right? These six gifts uh, that we're trying to leave uh, with our kids. You know, um, speaking of gifts, um, we know listeners included yourself, myself, of, of gifts that have hit the mark and then gifts that have missed the mark. Oh. Uh, I mean, l- let's talk a little bit about that, you know, because sometimes we need to, some parameters right. when it comes to gift giving, right. you know, with our kids. 
Absolutely. I mean, goodness, when you start giving gifts to your kids, there's always the gift that you put like a lot of heart and a lot oh, of thought yeah. into, oh, and you're yeah. really excited to get to give that gift. Absolutely. Thinking like, I can't wait for the moment when they open it. Yes. And, you know, they're just going to understand as soon as they open this present, how much I really love them. Um, and, and then- you know, sometimes... That works. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes it, it just doesn't. No. Doesn't. I mean, have you ever given a gift when it just, oh, it wasn't what you thought? Let's rewind to Christmas 2016. <laughs> I, uh, I went to a store because, I, listen, I like to, to buy my daughters. My, my wife does most of the shopping. Let's just be it. Let's put it out there, right? If you get a gift yep. from the Whitakers, yep. you're getting a gift from Heather, okay? <laughs> well, so I love to buy my daughter gifts, both of my daughters gifts, and my son included. But with my girls, it's just something special. I like to go out. And when, you know, when they were younger, when they were seven and eight, I'd buy them little jewels. And they just thought it was so pretty and beautiful. And this year, Kristen, was the first year I missed. I went and I, I bought oh. them these little, um, I don't know, coin purses. Yeah. Because doesn't every 14 and 13-year-old need a coin purse? I thought, well, they opened them. I was super excited. They opened them and they kind of looked at them. They looked at me and they gave me that, oh, thanks, dad. And then they put them away and went on to the next thing. And I was like, wait, wait, what just happened? Like they dismissed my gift and it absolutely crushed me. And of course, in that moment, they're like, how do we tell him not so much, dad? Good try, but no, maybe. They did it. Yeah, <laughs> Heather just kind of gave me those the, the eyes, like it's okay, honey. They still oh. love you. So, so there, there's that. But then there's also right the flip side when we give. Um, excuse me, no. The flip side is my, our kids giving gifts to us. Oh yeah, and uh, and and then sometimes maybe those gifts uh, we we should reply or respond a certain way, and we don't respond. Oh yeah, that way. I mean, goodness, our, I mean, my kids are so great at sometimes giving gifts. It's a, but sometimes I'm not always sure which things that I'm handed were a gift. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in that position as a parent when you receive a piece of paper that has been cut or something has happened to it and you just didn't realize in the moment that that was a unique gift for you to cherish forever and ever and ever. Have you ever been, I mean, this is, I'm going to ask you because I've never done this as a mom uh, ever, but have you, have you ever, Carlos, as a father? Yes accidentally found yes. yourself in the position where yes. you disposed yes. of a gift that oh, you yes. were not supposed to dispose yes. of. Yes, yes. Let's rewind all the way back again to a couple months ago <laughs> when my children painted my wife uh, and myself a painting each. So my daughters and then my son all painted us something, which is great. Um, and I love it because they're so, you know, they're super creative. Sometimes when I get gifts like that, though, like I don't put them up right away or I don't put them in my sure, office right away. Sure. I just kind of tuck them away. Right. Um, and, and I don't really think about it. But my 13-year-old mm-hmm. um, asked me specifically, this may have been only a couple days ago, hey, Dad, where's um where's that painting of the New York skyline that I, oh. that I painted for you? And if it was not for my wife, I don't know what would happen in this moment because my eyes got really big and I, I, I didn't know because I actually have not seen that thing since the moment <laughs> I opened it. It could have, for all extents and purposes, been in the trash with the rest of the, you know, wrapping paper. And Heather immediately pops up, oh, oh, honey, we put that in the closet um, so that you can frame it and put it up later. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Saved by Heather once again. Um, But again, yeah. So here's a gift that my daughter thought was super important. And she was expecting for that thing to be up on the wall, like, stat right, right away. Right. It and was it a valuable gift. Yeah, it was. Definitely. It okay, guys. So before we jump into the interview with the OG, Reggie. <laughs> 
Yoji Reggie. I got, maybe I'm going to start calling him Do we that. need to explain that that means original, original gangster. gangster? He's the original okay. gangster of Because I don't want anybody to misinterpret what that Absolutely. means. Absolutely. No, no, no. You need to know that it is a politically correct statement. It is original <laughs> gangster Reggie Joyner. Okay. okay. The OG. Before we hop into our conversation with Reggie, I would love to play a little game with you. Kristen, well, not only with you, because this is kind of going to be in front of everybody, so it's really with everybody, but um, we're going to call this game Teen Speak. Now, the reason why we're going to jump into this game called Teen Speak is because here's the thing. Your, your kids aren't teenagers yet, and when they become teenagers, you're going to need to know some of the lingo, and we, we understand it may change by then, but I, I know you're an expert at a lot of things. You're an expert at you know lots of statistics and ways that we can you know help our kids move from point A to point B. But I don't think you're an expert when it comes to teen speak. Uh, would you? <laughs> would you? Would you agree? I am probably not an expert. Okay. Yeah. No. So you're not an expert. Far from. Okay. So um, this is going to help you be a gift to your children when they start speaking this way. The way the game works is I'm going to read you. Um, well, I'm going to read you a word, and uh, this word is a word that the teens are using these days. Notice how I said <laughs> the teens. The teens are using these words. And then I'm going to read you three definitions. And you, my friend, Christina, have to guess which is the correct definition. A little okay. spin, a little spin okay. off of Balderdash. Right. You think okay. you can pull this off? I think so. I think uh, I'm ready. Okay. So four words. We're going to start off with this one. Ready? The first word is woke. A, when the person you've been interested in is finally interested in you. B, being aware and sensitive to current events and social justice issues. C, it's what teens call what used to be called a poke on Facebook so that they aren't using their parents' language. A, B, <laughs> do, or C. Do woke. teens even know what a poke was? You're going to have to tell me. Oh, I'm going to go with A when they're interested in you back. That is a great answer, but it's wrong. Oh. oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. So it's actually oh. when somebody is woke, uh-huh. that means they're being aware and sensitive to current events and social justice issues. Wow. So, All right. Yeah. Okay. You, you, I am becoming woke. Yes. You, you are becoming woke. <laughs> Kristen, you're becoming woke. I love it. Okay. Kind of rhymes with woke. The next word is the goat. Okay. The goat. Yeah, yeah. So, the goat. so let me, I'll, I'll give it to you in a sentence. Okay. Oh my gosh, here comes the goat. Okay. <laughs> Girly, opinionated, attractive teen. Grinding, overachiever, always talking, greatest of all time. The goat. Oh, greatest of all time. You're right. Yes. Absolutely. The greatest of all time. <laughs> so, for instance, when someone is talking about Kobe Bryant, they they were saying, man, it's the goat. Or a lot of times they'll use the little goat uh, emoji. Okay, or, yeah. all right. And, and so, so that's a good see, thing. So getting called thing. a goat you is a good thing. I goat. want to be yes. the goat. You want to be the goat. Like Reggie Joyner is <laughs> the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. In the best way. In the best way. In the best way. Okay, ready? Next one. So when something is Gucci. Okay. That when something is Gucci, people, teens will explain something as, man, that's Gucci. Gucci is good and cool. Gucci means expensive, or Gucci means gross and repulsive. Yo, that's oh. Gucci. That is Gucci. Yo, Kristen, <laughs> that bag you have right now is Gucci. But what if it were Gucci? Yo, that that over there is Gucci. <laughs> it could be. So what's I mean, it going to be? I don't know. Oh, man. I can think of expensive. I yeah. think of the brand. Yeah, that- absolutely. Well, you're wrong. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's good and cool. 
is good Gucci. And yeah, yeah. Cool. So good and good slash cool. I don't even know if a teenager knows what the word cool means. Okay. But Gucci is but they, cool. Okay. If they're like, yo, that's Gucci. That bag is Gucci. All right. So you are, uh, you're batting uh, one out of three. That's so, pretty good, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's see if you can just get to 50% batting okay. average, All right. 500. Okay. okay. The next word is finna. F-I-N-N-A. Finna. Finna. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Ready? All right. Finna. A, the most popular character from the Divergent Teen Trilogy. Finna. B, going to or about to start something. <laughs> That's what I was going to say before. Finna. Yeah. Three, newest slang for marijuana combining fine and natural for healthy weed. Oh. Mm. Finna. I mean, when in doubt, that's always a good thing to have slang for. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Oh, I was going to make a finna. It's not B because that's where I was going to go initially. Oh, yeah, so initially, I'm going to go yeah. with, I'm going to go with C. You're going to go with C. Um, I, I would like to let everybody know that, that I did make up these definitions. <laughs> and I would like to let everybody know that I, again, tricked Christina. Oh. And it actually is. <laughs> Finna, going to or about to start something. Short for fixing to. Fixing to. I'm yeah, finna that's what I was, stump I was, you. I'm finna, finna ask yeah, me a I'm question. I'm finna ask you a question, oh, yep. But obviously- It felt too obvious, so I, know, I just I skipped over it. Newest slang for, for marijuana combining fine <laughs> and natural for healthy weed. <laughs> hey, look, you gotta have a lot of slang for that. I, you do. So. You don't want your parents to know that you've got some finna in your backpack. <laughs> So, you know, but if they do find out, you got to say it's fine and it's healthy. Obviously, we don't agree with that, but I thought it was a pretty funny definition. But we definition. can start a new slang. We can start a new slang for Finna. Absolutely. So listen, this would be a gift to know, you guys, just so you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you've got some tweens, if you've got some teens, walk up to them and say, you guys, you're the goat. You know, just stuff like that. They're going to be like, oh my gosh. You're going to give them the gift. Yeah, yeah. You're Finna to be woke. You're, you're Finna to be woke. Because you're the goat. <laughs> and it is all there, like Jake the Bear. So uh, we're going to stop rhyming now. And what we're going to do is give you guys the gift of this interview that uh, Kristen and I had with Reggie. It's fantastic. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Here you guys go. So I know last time we talked, we used a jar of marbles as a representation of time with our kids. So I'm a parent, I've got my marbles, mm -hmm. I'm seeing them go away. Reggie, Kristen, now what in the world do I do as I'm plucking these marbles, as I'm seeing time go by? Give me some practical, give us some practical things we can do. Yeah, we love to talk about that. We love to talk about how every week there are certain things, probably as a parent you're already doing. Mm -hmm. We like to give it terminology so you kind of can be aware of what you're doing and to see the value of what happens when you do these things consistently week after week after week after week after week. Because you can't make a kid, you know, respond the right way or, or feel about themselves what you want them to understand about themselves and their sense of worth. You can't talk them into anything. Absolutely. What you have to do is consistently over time build build this in and use these these things. Over time. Over time. Yeah. For me as a mom, like we went through these six things several years back when I, and my kids were a lot younger. And these were six things that are important to give your kid. And one of the best things that I would say it's done for me as a parent is I could be the worst at criticizing myself and seeing how bad of a mom I am. I, you know, I got that wrong. I said that wrong. Mm -hmm. I did that wrong. And yet these six things, like you just kind of, you kind of said, you're already doing them. 
what I've found in my own parenting life has been, I notice now when I do them and I feel like, mm. hey, I actually, I actually did something right. Um, and it helps give me a framework to recognize from, you know, yeah. every now and then I get something and, potentially and, and the reason we right. like to talk about it this way is because ultimately as a parent, um, we want you to know that the ordinary things you do make a difference and you are building history and you yeah. are creating a collective you know, momentum in their life that is important and the kind of relationship you will have with them if these six things are happening yeah. and you're intentionally doing this, this will change. And the key being, again, over time. Right. You could do you you could do any one of these six things occasionally or randomly over a year, you know, once every three or four months. But when when you really try to build them into your routine and you're conscious about them, I think it does create a different kind of result. Like one, and, and when we say these words, you're gonna go, oh, that. We already know that, which is kind sure. of the point. I mean, the first one is love over time. How do you give a kid love over time? What is what does it look like to show up in their world and just simply buy your presence in mm -hmm. their life by giving them the right kind of attention, what does it demonstrate to them, you know, related to how you love them unconditionally? Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think it's our um, friend, Reggie Joship, I think says that mm -hmm. teenagers spell love T-I-M-E. Mm. Um, but there is some kind of truth to that, that when you show up for your kids consistently, you know, the little things that you put into their life, it adds up over over time. So time is actually one of the best ways to show love, I think. And wow. and Kara Powell talked about this in her um, research that she's done through growing young and and everything that they've done in the home, that there's a temperature issue, mm -hmm. the way she describes it. Um, a warm home where kids would say, we feel like we're accepted for who we are. We feel a kind of warmth that that creates a place where they feel love. And, and for every one of these activities, there's a result that we think is the goal. For, for example, love over time gives gives a kid a sense of worth. Okay. So worth becomes the goal because you're, you're adding value to them when you show up at their games, when you show up in your home, when you're emotionally present, mm -hmm. when you're physically present. Over time, it gives them a sense that they matter. Yes. Well, and I, the word that I love that I heard is ordinary. Mm -hmm. These things aren't mm -hmm. <laughs> like like this really high level kind of stuff. We're just talking about ordinary things over time and the tremendous impact of them. Which, which is the power of what family is meant to be. I mean, another one, for example, is words over time. Um, and I, I know that in Memphis, Kristen, when we were there at the KIPP school, mm. visiting, you know, with one of the principals and leaders of the KIPP school, um, she was dealing with these children in an underserved community. And she was talking about over and over and over again, how conversations that they have at the preschool years and the early elementary years actually determine their future wow. because it's the vocabulary and interacting with adults and having the two-way dialogue that shapes you know, their ability to reason, their ability to imagine, and all the things that will carry them into the older elementary years to make them successful. Mm. And, and why words are so powerful. And gosh, if we could lean into parents and say the conversations you have with your kids, even with preschoolers, even when they can't talk back to you, are more powerful than you've ever even imagined they are. Absolutely. There's what she was alluding to is that vocabulary gap, but really the idea that as human beings, we use words to think. And um, when you think about the more words you know, 
the bigger ideas you can imagine, the bigger dreams that you can have, the more you can actually think. So giving your kids those kinds of words, just increasing their vocabulary has the potential to change their direction in life, let alone just some of the words that every kid needs to hear growing up. The simple things that are just an adult in their life who can say, I'm sorry, an adult in their life who can say, I believe in you, you know, I respect you, you have potential. Um, there are some simple words that they need to understand as well. And I'm seeing, I'm definitely seeing from love to words, a tie, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, they can flip-flop. They can be the same. They can move. Mm-hmm. They can shift. Um, yeah, I love it. But we, we like to say words over time equal direction because they do shape a kid's future. And they do move you in a direction. Actually, you go back and look at any research, there's brain mapping that starts happening in a kid's, in a kid's brain. And that's determined a lot of how that works is determined by the words and the vocabulary and the way we have conversations. Or you even think about in your own story, there was probably somebody along the way or multiple people along the way who said something to you, Mm -hmm. maybe about you, about something they saw in you. And it changed the way you saw yourself and the future that you envision for Mm -hmm. yourself. And so the words that you speak to a kid really do help shape the way that they view themselves and the things they're going to plug into and what they want to do. In a positive or negative way. Right. Your words are powerful. Right. That's why we say words over time equal direction. And it kind of leads us to the next one, which is stories over time. Yeah, um, I love to talk about stories yeah, over time. Right. I was an English teacher, you know, before I started working at Rethink. And so there's just something in me. I grew up around a mom who was a kindergarten teacher and loved yes. to read stories. And there's something about stories that I just gravitate toward fiction. Um, but when we started looking at what a kid needs, really the power of stories is huge that research will show that preschoolers who engage in fiction at an early age grow up with a better kind of empathy later in life because they're able to feel what the character feels. They put themselves into someone else's reality for a minute. And so fiction and stories have this huge potential, what we say, to give a kid perspective. J.K. Rowling says, and of course, I guess she probably is the authority on stories. (laughs) Yes. She says, says, we are the only species— who can imagine ourselves in someone else's shoes. Mm. And when we don't stretch a kid's imagination as early as possible, and we don't give them the ability to do that, we rob them from the empathy and we rob them from perspective. And that's why we like to say stories over time equal perspective. Yeah. And, and it's not just fiction stories. It's, it's also true stories, true Absolutely. stories about your family that give you a, a sense of belonging and where you fit into the world, uh, stories and culture. We'd love to talk about stories and culture that will help you understand and see things from other points of view mm-hmm. that people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So stories are so powerful. Actually, and this is a strange sidebar, part of the reason I believe in God is because of the fact that he has architected this amazing story of redemption over time. Right. And the interesting part of it, and we were reading an article a while back about science, scientific mind, I think, wrote this article where it talked about how our brains are wired to hear and engage with story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like God made us, he wired us so we could receive and understand through the power of story. Then he architected the most amazing story, uh, you know, and so I, I just I just think none of that was an accident. Sure. Mm-hmm. You and I are wired to engage with story and kids are, adults are, we all are. And, and are they, here's a question. So stories are important for them to learn read, imagine, what about them living? What about the story that they're living in? Absolutely. Yeah. And giving them that perspective, the more you even talk about stories, you add commentary into that story on a regular basis. So, I mean, as you watch a movie together, you get to talk about 
the good and the bad and the, you know, where there was tension, um, the emotions that were involved. As you look at somebody else's life, you just, you get to participate in kind of the commentary along with your kid. Yeah. And the other part about the story idea that I think is huge related to perspective is that the right kind of story gives you a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're a kid growing up, there is a tendency to think life is measured by the pictures and how you want life to look and be. And life doesn't always work out according to our pictures. But when we hand kids a story perspective yeah. of life, then they know that whatever happens, whatever curve gets thrown to me, whatever didn't happen the way that I wanted it to happen, sets me up to continue to have a story that I'm going to continue to say and be involved in and be a part of. And it's it's we love to say it this way. It's not a better picture. It's a bigger story approach to life. Yeah. And that gives you a different kind of perspective. That's beautiful. So, so what is, what is? I think what I'm hearing is there's a there's an end goal. Yep. To, to each perspective. Word. Perspective. Perspective. There it is. It's, I'm it's, learning, guys. I'm right? getting this. Yeah. Yeah. So love over time equals worth. Words right. over time equals direction. Stories over time give a kid a sense of perspective. And then I'd love to talk about this next one. Fun over time. Yeah. Fun over time. And 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 we like to talk about this because some of us in this room, and I'm not going to say who. <laughs> have a more difficult time playing and having fun than others. <laughs> so I, I like to just bring this up because it's important that as parents, we understand the power of fun sure. when it comes to our kids and our lives and the vitality of life. And we like to tell parents, make sure that you're prioritizing for joy in your house mm. because it's a very attractive thing. And if you want to capture the heart of a kid, you got to understand why this is powerful. And we like to even say this, and this is going to seem like a stretch, but stay with me for a second, that fun over time can actually authenticate forgiveness. Hmm. For example, if there's a discipline situation in your home and you, 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 know, you have a conflict with your child and then you turn around and play with them, they're convinced that you like them and you've forgiven them. But if you don't, it kind of begins to build a wall. And this is why so many therapists will use fun and play and games to break down walls because it's a powerful, powerful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. When it comes to these six things over time, I think sometimes they matter in different ways at different phases Mm -hmm. of a kid's life. And the more I've done some research on, you know, what's going on in a kid's life as the preschooler, as an elementary schooler, middle schooler, high schooler, there's something unique about fun in the Mm. elementary school years. good. Because kids are just ready to have fun. The walls are still kind of down. They're not up in the same way they're going to be in the preteen, teenage years. Um, And they'll just have fun with you. And there's something that solidifies, I think, in your relationship together. Because we Mm -hmm. say fun over time equals connection. Right. And so for you to be able to connect and just really build a play history together, um, fun memories together, that that becomes the well that you can pull from in the middle school and teenage years. And and I started off kind of confessing, you know, that the fun problem was really a me problem because, (laughs) you know— there were so many times when I wish I had played board games and I mm-hmm. wish I'd been intentional with my kids to get down and play it. And here, here's what I think. I think that kids don't really believe you like them if you don't play with mm-hmm. them. And if you want That's them to know, and, and they're not going to think you yeah. love them if they don't think you like them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there's a, there's a thing here that we got to make sure is a priority. And for me, it's not just about elementary. Sometimes, you know, when we think about our older kids, there was this moment in my life with my son where... He just was disconnected from me. The walls were going up. It was that I'm moving toward independence. I don't want to have a relationship with you. I care more about what my friends think. And I remember deciding, okay, 
I'm going to plan a night every week where we can go do something that's just fun. Yeah. Because I want to fight for our relationship. No agenda, which is an important part. You don't you don't create the night for fun so you can go, okay, now let's talk about yeah. your grades. <laughs> now let's talk about the girl you're dating. Now let's talk about you – know, no, because it had to be something where he sensed I was really fighting for the relationship. Yeah. And that's it was good. a defining moment for us in that, in that point in and time. And was it fun – I think this is important. Was it something you thought would be fun or was it something he No, it was his it was his agenda. His fun. It was it was where he wanted to go eat, what he wanted to go do. Awesome. And you know what? I think common interests can be developed as a parent. Sure. You can learn how to have fun with your children, but you have to be intentional. That's great. I love that. So fun equals oh connection. Connection. Fun equals connection. Moving on, Reggie, what's the next one? Work over time equals significance. Yeah, it's less fun than fun. We go, we follow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah, no, but but it is it's important. It is an important part because what you contribute to the world, what you do with your hands, what you do with your life, really gives you a sense of significance. And so we like to talk about why that's important. The chores, you know, plugging in and doing compassion effort kind of things, missional yeah. kind of things as a kid connects them with a bigger purpose. Well, every kid wants to, every person really wants to feel significant. And contribute. And feel like they're contributing. Yeah, feel like they have value to offer. And so giving our kids work is actually not only like character shaping and raising them to be responsible and hopefully contribute someday as an adult, but it's also really giving them the gift of significance. It mm -hmm. lets them see you can contribute to this family. You have something to offer. You have something to provide. Um, and that sounds, you know, absolutely great on a podcast until you get in the room and you're trying to go just put the dirty clothes right, away. Right. You know, I mean, so it's a, a battleground, I think, for most parents. Well, and moving moving maybe even the work away from chores. Sure. Right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. moving the work away from, you know, what, what that looks like. I know for my son and I, every year we pick a project, a new project we're going to do. This year it was making knives. So we wow. watched a knife documentary. I went and bought a, a sander, a belt sander and this, and I ordered it. And it's work. It, it's actually taking, and he's realizing that it's taking a lot of work to make his his mom her first chef knife that we're going to, you know, and it, it'll be the last knife we ever make. But there's, it's taking so long. But there's a sense of achievement. There's there a is sense a sense of, of, of that I've accomplished something, that I can do something. And, yeah. and that it takes effort and it takes yes. energy and, and that's Time. okay. Yeah, and that, that again, creates a, a sense of significance. And the last one we love to talk about is tribes over time. Tribes, ooh. And, mm -hmm. and because every kid and every one of us Come on. wants a place to belong. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we feel like that's the family. That can also be a church. But we have to be intentional about pushing kids because if we don't help them find a place to belong, they will find a place to belong. Absolutely. This is the reason, you know, therapists and counselors tell us there's so much activity in gangs for middle schoolers because they're finding a place they can gravitate to where there's a group of people to give them a sense of belonging. And I think ultimately each person wants to be able to say, hey, these are my people. Mm -hmm. You know, I fit here and this is my crowd. And so looking for who is accepting, you know, who's accepting your kid? Where are they finding that kind of belonging? How are you creating that kind of um, family sure. tribe even I, for them? As a parent— and you're watching your kids slowly develop a tribe that maybe you're not a fan of. Mm -hmm. What 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 happens there? I mean, how, are, are we leaning into that? To that, you know, how hard do we lean into that? Well, I think I think it starts young. I think at, at every at every phase of a kid's life, there's a different kind of vulnerability when it comes to this idea of belonging. Mm. I think the younger they are, the more you're in control, 
as they move toward middle school and high school, you may have to lean in and be more intentional about putting other adults in their life even. And we love to talk about this. We love to talk about why the church, if you find the right kind of church, can be such a powerful, powerful partner in helping you as a parent connect your kids to other adults who believe in God and believe, you know, in in, in what you believe in, in a sense that it, it helps them protect their worth and sense of who they are. And um, so I would say that as a parent, you have to be intentional about inviting other adults into their That's life good. specifically. When I when I meet with leaders around the country, one of the first questions they'll ask me is, if you could tell me to do one thing as a parent, what would that be? Uh, and I say all the time, as your kids get older, go find another adult who'll say the same thing you say. Because your kids will listen to them say it in a way they won't listen to you anymore at that phase of life because they're moving toward independence. And it's that moment when, you know, I'm riding down the road with one of my kids when they were teenagers and they would say, well, Kevin said or Betsy said, and I would be thinking, I've been saying that for 16 years, (laughs) you know. Thank God. But finally, somebody else is saying it and they hear it in a different way. I love it. So can we really quickly just hit those words one more time just to kind of wrap this up, Reggie? Love over time equals worth. Words over time equal direction. Stories over time equal perspective. Fun over time gives you connection. Work over time builds significance in their life. And tribes over time equal belonging. Love it. Thanks, guys, for sharing that. It's going to be great. So there you guys have it. An incredible conversation with Kristen and with Reggie. Uh, Kristen, I would love for you to give us a cue, right? To give us something that we can do, pull out of that conversation, pull out of that interview that we can practically do this week. You know, ever since we started talking about the six things, it's been something that I can't help but think about as a mom. And so one of the things I do now is just I'm constantly have all six things in the back of my head. And as a parent, I have this kind of mental checklist and I constantly am evaluating, you know, where are we um, winning right now and where could we maybe improve? So for example, you know, maybe months go by and I feel like we've been having a lot of fun playing games, having, you know, family fun nights for a while. Um, But I might look around the culture of our home and go, we really haven't had a lot of jobs and a lot of tasks. Mm. Um, My kids aren't responsible for maybe anything. (laughs) So I would say, hey, we're doing great and fun over time, maybe not doing so great in work over time. And I think just as sense. a parent, if you were to put out those six words in front of you and just say, okay, with words, stories, love, tribes, work, fun over time, which mm-hmm. one are you really winning at? And where do you think if you could circle one of them, you could improve this week? Thanks, Kristen, for that. I believe that each and every one of us can grab a hold of that and really find one thing that we can do better for our kids. All right, friends, so this is what we have for you guys this week. You guys can stay involved in the conversation with us. You go to theparentq.org. You guys can comment on our Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. We're, we're in all the places. But what we want to do specifically this week is we want to give each and every listener a bookmark. And this bookmark has listed out on it the six things that kids need. So we're going to give you guys that bookmark. The way you go get the bookmark is you go to theparentq.org slash episode 27. That's where you guys are going to get the bookmark. Now, one way that you guys can really help us with this podcast, we'd love to see this podcast grow, is tell your friends to subscribe, um, go to iTunes and actually rate the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, don't go to iTunes and rate the podcast because we would love five-star reviews. All right, guys. Well, it's been so fun. Hopefully you guys have been woke. 
Hopefully you guys <laughs> you guys know about Gucci and, and you know And don't go looking for Finna. And don't go looking for Finna in your kids' backpack. Actually, do go looking for Finna in your kids' backpack. <laughs> Nonetheless, thank you guys so much for hanging out with Kristen, Reggie, and myself, and we'll see you next time on Parent Q Live.